Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 44, Wrestle Like a Girl. We, we are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the Power of Change Worldwide Shedquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here with my co-host and partner in crime. Two weeks back to back together in the shed, Jesse Fury. What's up, my man? What's up? I like. I, I just love calling this a worldwide headquarters. It is, it is the worldwide headquarters, headquartering a small bit of nothing that hopefully no, can no, be helpful no. to you people out there listening. Underground Christians going for it with the people in your neighborhood, mm. on the streets, on the block. Living out faith in the borderlands between the church and culture, man. Yeah. How how are things for you, man? You, watched uh, a, you were telling me about a Netflix movie you were checking. I out? watched. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Triple Frontier on Netflix. I was surprised. It was good. It was good. Uh, but you know what's even better? This beautiful weather. Uh, yeah, oh we're, my we're gosh. inside, but we have access to windows. Your shed quarters is actually a comfortable s- temperature today. <laughs> it's not freezing cold. Yeah, we're 64 <laughs> degrees here today. A uh, little, little solar mm. radiated heat yeah. coming in here. Beautiful out. Well, Jesse, I'm going to get right to it because I want your opinions on. on some things. I've got some questions for you. This is our in or out segment here on the Underground. In or out is simply where I ask, uh, or Jesse asks me, or I ask Jesse, a list of things that we want to either go in on and make comment about or go stay out on and avoid. But these, Jesse, I would like you to answer all of them if you wouldn't mind. This is so just in. Let's just call it in. <laughs> What's your opinion? Uh, number one, the new DC comic movie, Shazam, or like we said last time, Shazam, Shazam Man. Shazam, man. <laughs> Shazam, man. Listen, I don't know very much about this. Have you seen the trailers? I've seen the trailers, and I want to watch it, Reed. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Uh, you're in. I'm in. I think it looks like a fun send-up on, uh, on the whole genre. It seems to me like it might be peak DC Comics, but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> You've got such a DC comic. You've do. got such a I do. bias. Aquaman was very good. You have okay. a bias. Props to Aquaman and okay. the Christopher Nolan okay. Batman trilogy. Dark Knight. Yeah, Aquaman. of course. Right. That almost Wonder, doesn't Wonder, count, Wo- though, Wonder right? Woman. <laughs> you know, Aquaman, Batman, <laughs> Superman, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was all right. Pretty Shaz- good. Shazam Man. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man. Looks, it, looks, it looks fun. It looks very stupid. <laughs> it looks fun. I, I disagree. It An, looks fun. I'm going to see it. Another thing that might be stupid, UVA basketball team. Are you in or, <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are in Blacksburg, home of the Hokies, the Virginia Tech Hokies. That's right. Uh, you know what, man? So I'm in. Yeah, yeah. But I you like up, the coach. I like Tony Bennett. Yeah. And I grew up watching UVA. My dad went to UVA. and, ah, uh, and so, Ralph Sampson? You yeah, yeah. He, he was there. Um, my dad was there a long time, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> Uh, he just finished with a bachelor's degree, but, uh, I'm in, I'm in. I think the first half of that first round game against Gardner Webb was a little rough, tight, yeah, little rough, but, uh, man, this last game was just, they just looked like they were in total control. And so I think until they run into now, I don't know, Oregon could do it, but yeah, uh, I, I like them until they run into a Duke, uh, maybe just Duke. Yeah, just Duke. They own UNC, it seems. I, I, I don't uh, favor the Tar Heels in that matchup. I think that would be a Final Four that would be, yeah. game with, with the Oh, Cavaliers. you know who uh, who's going to be tough is Tennessee. Yes. I think Tennessee would be Elite Eight, and yeah. that would be a tough one. That'll be a good game. UVA basketball, I'm still out on them until they actually do something sure. in the tournament. I did not think they were going to lose to Gardner-Webb because nobody's ever lost to a number 16 team except for, you, <laughs> except for UVA <laughs> last year, and the odds on them doing that twice in a row are just infinitesimally yeah. small. Yeah. So I thought they'd pull through. Uh, I've got a friend who did his MBA at uh, Darton, I think is his name, Darton School of Business, and uh, he's, his wife was a Tar Heel. So they, they kind of like both, but he's like telling me how 
how great UVA basketball is, I was like, hey, man, until there's a Final Four under Bennett's yeah. name or yep. or a championship even, you know. But they've been good in the ACC, and I wish them well until uh, they should until lose they to play. Tennessee. They should lose to Tennessee. So they don't have to, so play they don't have to beat Hills. us, yeah, because okay. I think they would beat us. All right, what what's your favorite book you've read this year? That's a lot to ask. It's early oh, in the year. Man. Well, I'm assuming you read a book, but that's a little little uncharitable to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot. You know what? I have a goal of reading 52 books this oh, year. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. High ambitions. That's Everyone right. feel that. Feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I think I'm still on pace. Awesome. Awesome. So I've read like maybe nine or ten, and, but I've got a handful open right now. Um, so probably my two favorite books were One Blood by Dr. John Perkins. Mm. Uh, his, his swan song final book about uh, really about a vision for a multi-ethnic church in America. Yeah. And then uh, On Reading Well by Karen Swallow Pryor. Yeah. Which um, was just a really kind of, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it here on the podcast yep. before, but it was just a, you just meant, a really you delightful mentioned, You mentioned book. it, and I bought it for my daughter for Christmas. Okay. Because of your, I think because of your mention. Okay, yeah. That? And you know, uh, we're going to have her speaking in September at a little local conference on, on nice. virtue, so wow. I'll, I'll keep you updated. Awesome, awesome. Maybe bring Kayla out to that. Yep. She can get her book signed or something, man. If, if, if the They're going to do the some signings, signing, yeah. Some signing of yep. books. And Bibles, maybe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Prediction on the Democratic presidential nominee. Goodness. You want to stay out on that? Um, I don't know. Bernie? <laughs> Bernie? As, ooh. Isn't he polling highest right now? I don't know. I heard he's got some money. <laughs> he's got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like the, It feels like Trump is going to attract the polar opposite, which would be Bernie, right? Yeah, that's, that's In some ways. True. I mean, they're both like... 70 something year old white men but what? i think i think bernie's got the 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 uh he's got the lead right now he's got the feeling for but the i don't flavor. know i'm not good at predicting this stuff yeah me i never would have predicted trump yeah nobody would all right finally the last last question a little bit easier to go in on what do you, who is your favorite stranger things character we mentioned the stranger things trailer for season three coming out here soon that's right um mm. do you have a favorite i do the gorgon or is it- <laughs> No, <laughs> I do. I do not favor the Demogorgon. The Demogorgon. Yeah, that's right. um, I went full Gorgon, the Dem- Demogorgon. I, w- I don't. Maybe the Gorgon is the big thing. I don't, um, know. I don't know. I just do it from memory. Uh, so you know, I love Eleven. She's you know, when she's when she's on. It, it's exciting. But I would actually say that my favorite character is Steve. The, the the older guy yeah, yeah i love steve what a great arc he's had from being the guy who's uh really the most like hateable guy right uh to being the guy who's uh yeah i don't know he just comes around so well even to the point where the trailer for season three he's working at an ice cream shop yeah or and they're and the, and the girls making fun of him how many how many kids are you friends with <laughs> that's right, that's right. I think he wielded a baseball bat pretty That's neat, right. Pretty yeah. Mean I'm a fan of Steve. Yeah, all right. You know, Steve. I got a friend, I got a friend who uh if he if he answered this question, his answer would be Barb. Barb. Do you did, remember did, Barb? That went into the under, upside down. Yeah. Yeah, she's still there, isn't she? Yes, yeah, he's convinced <laughs> she's going to come back in season 3. Hey, Barb, come back from the upside she's down. She's not coming back. She's not. She's dead, isn't she? She's dead. Demi Gorgon <laughs> took her out. That that was a, kind of the first uh, that was appearance early. of the underground of the yeah. ups, the upside down there in the uh, stranger. She was sitting on that pool uh, yeah, on the edge of the pool. Friends were hooking up, doing bad things, and she's gets she's sucked good. into the underground. But but now she's dead, and she's not coming yeah, back. Right. Sorry, she's not. All right. Well, it's good to have a favorite girl character today in light of our main topic because we are here 
to talk about girls. Well, not in the Stranger Things way, but in a cultural gender borderlands between church and culture way. Our topic today is called Wrestle Like a Girl. Now, in our title, Jesse, I'm not referring to the excellent WrestleLikeAGirl.org, which is a nonprofit organization promoting women's amateur wrestling. Here are their goals. We believe girls can do anything, especially wrestle. Founded by Sally Roberts in 2016, our mission is to empower girls and women throughout the sport or through the sport of wrestling to become leaders in life. Mm. WrestleLikeAGirl.org. Please support them. They're doing good work throughout the world to support women's wrestling. Do you realize women's wrestling, like serious, competitive, not the WWE, SmackDown, Raw, women's wrestling, or men's wrestling. Women's amateur wrestling is growing like a weed in America. Did you realize this? I had no idea. 804 no high school girls wrestled in 1994, 16,562 in 2018. In fact, 48 colleges now uh, offer a varsity wrestling program, and it's it's an Olympic sport. In fact, Japan and America are the two best. Japan are probably a little bit better than us, but uh, America is very good. More uh, women are participating in college wrestling than crew, fencing, skiing, and rifle and even NCAA sports that are emerging like rugby, sand volleyball, and equestrian. So the women are out there getting it done. National Wrestling Coaches Association is supporting it. I support it. Jesse asked me earlier, did my girls want to wrestle? Quite honestly, they didn't. They had no desire to. They are footballers. But I do find all of my family is very inter- interested in uh, amateur wrestling. And one of the best wrestlers, I was telling my son to watch the technique of, technique of Olympic champion Helen Maroulis fantastic uh, young wrestler and world champion multiple times so we're not talking about that but we're talking about gender controversies right in our culture that arise from athletic competition obviously here on the underground we've talked about track and field championships being won by biological males uh, against females which we consider an injustice um, certainly there's a lot of talk about gender issues in our culture, our family, Jesse, we've been talking about the court case recently, uh, that women, uh, may in the future, it's not done yet. have to register for the selective services draft. Hmm. Like, Hey, Kayla, you're about to be 18. Uh, you got to sign up for the draft, which none of my girls or my wife or me are actually for. Um, but certainly it's a topic of conversation if you're going to have full participation at every level. And I think we have since what, 2013 women in our military and combat units and et cetera. Um, if you're going to have that, then, you know, everyone has to sign up for the draft. Maybe that is going to be, uh, certainly there's been controversy about transgender, uh, humans in, in, in the military controversy about that. President Trump opposing it. Others saying that should be the case. Whether it's not, you know, people weighing in on that. And certainly uh, sports, right? There was a recent controversy uh, just this past month in Colorado with the state high school wrestling championship where a young lady, actually two young ladies, placed in the 106-pound weight class uh, for the first time ever to uh, placed in the, you know, the, the men's or boys wrestling state tournament. Jesse, tell us a little bit about what happened out there in Colorado Springs. Yeah, that's good. So, um you got me outside of my comfort zone here with with wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't actually know all that much about it, but I did read an article in the, in the Mercury News, which is based out of Colorado, about Brendan Johnston. Brendan Johnston in forty three matchups during his senior year only lost uh, only lost six times, but five of them were uh, were forfeits. Um, and so, and and what happened actually, where it came to a head, or or, or really 
uh, what they're writing about is in the state tournament when he forfeited twice, uh, both when he was uh, when he was matched up against girls. The last one against uh, uh, Angel Rios, and so he's when he found out he was matched up against her, he uh, voluntarily forfeited and said uh, and said this um, said I'm not really comfortable with a couple things with wrestling a girl. The physical contact, there's a lot of it in wrestling, and I guess the physical aggression too. I don't want to treat a young lady like that on the mat or off the mat, and not to disrespect the heart or effort that she's put in. That's not what I want to do either. And so uh, so there was this really divisive thing that this article talks about where some people celebrate him as sticking to his convictions. And, and yeah, he's and, like, yeah. hey, he's being an honorable... He's he's he, Rather than... Young man, he doesn't yeah. want to beat up a girl or something. And, 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 and rather than um, getting litigious and trying to kind of, you know, fight the state, right. uh, he just willingly forfeited and said, it's just not, it's not worth it. And you, five of those losses were the similar... Yeah, I think four, four out of the five four maybe the was, five was forfeits. Were, yeah, and yeah. So, um, so very good wrestler, high win percentage. Yep, Some yep. were saying even had a chance at the state title. Had a cha- at least a podium. Yep, and, and chose to kind of bow out. That's right, and uh, and then which, of course, was polarizing as right. far as how people <laughs> felt about it. When some, so with the kid trying not to make a big stink out of it, of course, everyone made uh, made something out of it. And, in fact, and it's, it's probably also worth mentioning, the article does mention this, that uh, his opponent Rios was was uh, she's has aspirations Olympic aspirations. Uh, this wasn't a forfeiture against a significantly lesser opponent. It seems it seems that right. this yeah, is someone who good she might he might lose to anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, so that's that's what that that's what happened there. Yeah, stuck to his convictions and uh, and forfeited his chance at a state title or podium. Yeah. Well, the the interesting thing that happened after this is that some people were saying he was a virtuous young man. Others were saying, you know, maybe he's kind of a jerk or some say he looked down on women or yeah, anything like that. Yeah. And so it, it interesting enough, I was on a trip and I got a text from a, a strange number on iMessage that said, Hey, is this still read? I was like, yeah, wait, this still read. And I didn't know what the country code or whatever, what well, it was my friend who's in East Asia. He's a pastor there of kind of a, an English-speaking uh, congregation and was also a wrestler in college. And he was all fired up because everyone kind of in the Christian world was making this guy out to be a hero. And my friend didn't quite see it that way because he didn't feel like it was necessary to forfeit to this young lady. Now, the, his reasoning is close physical contact because, look, I coached youth wrestling, and I tell you what, a 9-year-old boy and a 9-year-old girl ain't a whole lot. You know, it's just... There's still the kind of, oh, you yeah. lost to a girl thing that guys can do right. silly stuff with that. Um, but the physical changes that happen, both in, in terms of the development post-puberty, as well as hormones, muscle density, things like that, are why it becomes you know more of a thing with kids that are older, right? And that's why I think it's great that all these high school state conventions, I think there's eight or nine now around the country. New Jersey just added this year women's you know, high school wrestling with girls, females wrestling, females. Uh, and then men wrestling, uh, the males wrestling the males. But my friend, my friend was frustrated that people were making this guy out to be a hero because he felt like there's no reason. And this guy's a Christian minister that a that he, that a guy couldn't wrestle a girl in high school. And so I'm just reading a little bit of his thoughts. So 
Uh, he said this. I keep seeing an article about a kid who forfeited multiple times in state wrestling tournaments so he didn't have to wrestle the girl. Most of the comments are high-fiving him for his maturity and respect for women. Uh, people are saying he was, quote, raised right, et cetera. So, well, I want to weigh in on this. And he was asking me to give feedback on his thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, though I share the young man's uh, views towards respect for women. I'm married and have four wonderful daughters. Man, he's got a lot of females in his life. Um, I wouldn't have made that decision. I wrestled for 15 years and wrestled a girl on three occasions in those 15 years, and each time was business as usual. Did I think it was strange a little bit to re-wrestle a girl? Yes, but my goal was to go out there, win the match, while having the same level of respect and sportsmanship that what I would have against any opponent. It seems that for this kid, there were two considerations, what I've seen in the articles. A reluctance, like you mentioned, Jesse, to have close physical contact that wrestling necessitates, and a reluctance not to show kind of physical aggression. This is what my wife actually didn't like. She goes, she, she, I shouldn't be beating up on girls. On the first score on physical contact, the physicality of sport has never been of a sexual nature for me. Me neither, by the way. Jesse, I wrestled my whole life, coached <laughs> um, never, never once. Uh, my goal for my kids, biological or kids that I coach, whether they're competing against the same sex or opposite sex, is to enjoy the sport and play to win the game. If I had a son, I'd want him to know that proximity to a woman, whether on the field or in a dorm or in an adjacent cubicle at work, need not come with sexual overtones. Very well done, Pastor. Uh, on the second... Um, uh, on the second score, physical aggression, I like to say that wrestling can be very aggressive. There are elements of finesse, strategy, technique, leverage, angles, and so on. There's a beautiful artfulness to wrestling. It's not just two roided up meatheads slamming each other on the mat. That is WWE. Uh, I said I added that. That's not my friend. A boy can wrestle a girl without slamming her, shamming her, embarrassing her, dominating her, or abusing her. He might also lose, by the way, which can also be a reason some guys don't want to wrestle girls. I've certainly seen that in coaching youth. There's this fear, right, of peers that are going to make fun of them and stuff. Uh, my goal in wrestling, a male or female, is never to injure or hurt the other person. It was to score more points. Sure, admittedly, I ramp up my aggression and try to embarrass and dominate someone on occasion, but that was only if they were a cocky punk. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, all we're all different. So if my son couldn't wrestle a girl without disrespecting her, then that might be a different story. If my son couldn't wrestle a girl without being overcome with lust, that would be a different story as well. Anyway, I don't want to disparage this kid. He can make the decision he wants and good on him for sticking to his convictions. I just think we should curb the narrative that if boys are, quote, raised right or if they have respect for women, then they'll refuse to engage against them in a sport. This simply isn't true. Mm. So my friend's argument is it is not necessarily a virtue what this guy did, uh, but is it? Is it wicked what he did? Well, in comes uh, an opinion piece that I read in The Guardian out of the UK that had a different view. And uh, this this art author simply said this, the reaction to Johnston's decision to forego the final match of his high school career has varied. Some praised him for politely articulated expression of respect for Rios, but others, myself included, believe he disrespected Rios by not giving her the chance to compete leaving her with a hollow victory that cheapened her many hours of sacrifice. And the point of that article, which was entitled, Girls Should Not Pay the Price When Boys Are Too Uncomfortable to Play, was that this guy actually did something wrong by forfeiting. And I kind of tend to disagree with that as well. Um, is this a virtue, Jesse, what he did? Is this a wrong thing he did? What, what do we, what do we mm, make of this? That's tough. You know, I would, uh, I want to say a couple things about your, your buddy's 
post that I think are really helpful is um, when I was when I first read the article, it didn't even cross the the sexual nature of it didn't cross my mind. I, I'm probably more where your wife where Casey is as far as thinking about the aversion I would have would just be simply wait is it is it okay for me to like yeah like my, phys, physical aggression against a girl I don't want to beat a girl up yeah Casey even pressed back on me and said yeah um would you support mixed martial arts between a man fighting a woman good and I said gracious no lord no right I would not be for that she goes well you're for wrestling oh, that's a different sport right it is different right punching him in the face yeah. it's it's a lot different in terms yeah. of the actual Still rules. I think MMA is a sport, but I would never support that kind of yeah. uh, aggression. Yeah. When I was in college, I played uh, I played a lot of basketball. Uh, probably too much basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Skipped way too many classes. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was part of a group of guys who got asked to come and scrimmage with a with a university girls team with the college team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and not once ever, 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 ever was there anything sexual right, on, the, on, right. like, on the court. Right. You know, like. It's just, you're not they, thinking I want to guard this point guard because she's hot and I want to like touch her yeah, like that wasn't it's yeah, just weird exactly. uh they they brought us on because uh because we were like good enough to like have some physicality and play but right. but they could still beat us right right <laughs> so they were their uh, high positivity about yeah, the next yeah. competition would be you know, hey you guys go. beat the guys and yeah. we were like we'll get them next time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh but yeah so so but in you know in basketball it's physical but you're not you're not you know, pinning someone or, or so, so I, I find that to be an interesting aspect. I guess the, the only thing that I would say is virtuous would be what your friend pointed out at the end, which is if you do have a conviction and then you stick to it in the face of what is, uh, surely a lot of pushback. That's right. That's forming something, you know, in, in his character as far as being able to stand on convictions. And, and so, th- so there may be some virtue there in the, in the following through on his convictions. Right. And uh, but I, I don't think it's virtuous to just just to to not wrestle, wrestle girl or, yeah, yeah 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 and and I think to knowing the kind of societal implications and he tries to in the interview tries to navigate that yeah. pretty maturely like yeah, hey look I'm not trying to make yeah. a point I'm not trying to disrespect her yep. her training and effort this is just where I'm yeah. at yeah. And at the same time, um, do you think he's like disrespecting her or tre- treating her like terribly? I can or, understand. I read that article as well. Uh, I can understand the point in the sense that there's a cheapening of the of the girl's victory. Yeah, she, she advances she in the bracket. Yep. She didn't win the actual yeah. match, but she won the match. Yeah, that's that's the hard thing uh, about that for her. And and those for those who are saying, well, he took the easy way out. He actually sacrificed something his senior in high school yeah. that oh, I know yeah. as a wrestler is a big I, deal. Yeah, I got sec- I got deal. second in the state my junior year. I broke my hand in January of my senior year, like a month or six weeks maybe before our district tournament. And if you don't wrestle in the district, you can't go to region, can't go to state. And I remember, man, it was the most important thing in my yeah. like eighteen year old life yeah. at the time. And so he he actually sacrificed something significant as well, mainly his goals and dreams as an athlete for his convictions, which I think that is commendable as well. And I think I think if you read the uh, if you read the article, which will be in the show notes, you'll see uh, the way that both he and his mom. The, the, the yeah. article actually starts with it starts with the interesting story yeah. that his mom and his opponent's mom were, were in seated. the hallway together. No, they were, I think they were seated, seated next, next to each, each other, other yeah. in this huge arena at the time where the opponent's mom found out that that he the forfeit. Yeah. yeah. 
and they in, had an interaction and it it sh- it, it shows civility and went respect fairly and well went, between yeah, them yep. yeah and so i think that there was a, there was actually respect in the in it yeah um, yeah yeah and i think the solution that was offered in the guardian thing is that we just need to have equality in sports or just have offerings like the solution is to have you know, high school wrestling for girls and boys who want to do it in every state in America and give that opportunity uh, to all. And then just the the things that can happen when you're 16, 17, 18 years old in terms of physicality and, you know, testosterone differences and bone density, all that. Uh, You know, the solution is right. What we have or what we had males versus males, females versus females, which I've been around a ton of female athletes, high level, like some of the highest level uh, female athletes. At UNC. You're, ma- you're married to one. Yeah, I'm married to one. Um, I went to college with Marion Jones, Mia Hamm. I mean, these are like some of the most famous yeah. U.S. female yeah. athletes that, that you can think of probably. And none of them, like the, the, the people that would love to say about soccer, for instance, UNC soccer team, women's at the time, I think we had won 15 national championships in a row and would just kill everybody, winning 5 nothing, 6 nothing soccer. And our men's team was an average ACC team at the time. And, and it was popular on campus, sometimes in a campus newspaper, to say our girls' soccer team would destroy the men's soccer team. And the biggest objectors to that narrative were people like the women's varsity soccer soccer team. team. Yes, yes. Because they respected what they did, but they also respected the differences. And you're talking to, you know, guys that are running a 4-4, 40-yard dash. And and a 4.9 or 5.0 is really fast. And women's soccer is just a different thing. And so the solution to this is equality and opportunities and some of the good things we've seen uh, through uh, female athletics in America. I hope we continue. But it's interesting in this particular case of the wrestler is that we don't seem to want to allow these to be issues of conscience or just issues of wisdom. Like, for him, he didn't want to. Why can't we just be cool with that without making him, uh, you know, he didn't run into a a burning building to save everyone's grandmas and kitty cats doing supererogatory acts. But at the same time, he's not like the the little devil out there seeking to oppress and be a misogynist and hate all women wrestlers far far from it. I, I think we have to let people make these decisions and then those who are in their support system support them and then be civil as we move forward. And hey, congratulations to those two young ladies who had yeah. 106 pounds. That's an accomplishment at that age in high yep. school wrestling to place and be on the podium in the Colorado State Championships. Well, it brings up a lot of what we've talked about here, Jesse, about, you know, used to be male against male, female. We've got males winning against females. Uh, in track and field in Connecticut, we've talked about that. It seems like as a society, these discussions of gender, right, they're not going away. And you have these polls, right, between traditionalists and kind of maybe more feminist, progressive, whatever you want to call it, uh, viewpoints of gender. And there's three parts to this that I'm, we're not going to solve this issue in the next five, ten minutes, obviously. But there's three parts of this that keep coming up over and over in my own experience of these things, both locally with people as well as in some of these news-type articles. And the three things we want to leave you with today is that we can never get away from these three things, biology, sociology, and theology. 
So biology, for example, is just our biological makeup, our, our DNA, our hormonal uh, makeup, our musculature, uh, the, the, the idea that there is a male and female. That's why doctors need to know when they treat males and females differently in terms of uh, chronic disease studies or even like, you know, Jesse and I were talking about the different brain studies that have been going on, the brain wars between male and female brains. Are they really different? It seems like there's conclusive, conclusive, strong evidence that from the womb, right, uh, male and female brains are different. So you got biology uh, at at work here with when we talk about gender, sexuality, sex, male, female issues. Um, this came up for me, you know, in a recent discussion at the middle school at the PTO meeting that I was at where we were discussing dress code. And people were shocked. They were just shocked that uh, the way, you know, pubescent, uh, males and females dress should even be an issue. Well, we should be able to wear or not wear whatever we want. And I was just like, well, guys, don't you know <laughs> biologically that these children are getting uh, uh, to the age of, um, if you're just strictly speaking uh, biological science, the age where they can mate <laughs> and procreate and their their bodies are coming alive. And, and, and there's, the, the conversation was like, guys, you cannot deny that if half-naked people are in front of half-naked people of this age, you know, eighth grade and up, uh, there are biological issues involved. Even now, whether you're coming from a secular perspective, uh, some sort of spirituality, some sort of uh, religious reality, um, this is just a fact of biology. That it seems to me like some of the ladies in there, they didn't want to acknowledge at all. Well, the boys shouldn't want to look at a girl like (laughs) what on earth are you talking about? Right. They just shouldn't just tell them not to or or, you know, say that they should, you know, the women should not be subject. I get that, man. They should be subject to the the lusts of these young men. Um, But I'm telling my daughters about the way a pubescent and teenage boys work to do to do. To do to not do that, I think, is a denial of some basic facts of biology. That seems, uh, you know, I, I I remember those conversations in high school about dress codes, and uh, but at, there has to be some sort of base level, right? I mean, even when we think about biology, and then and then working for a good society, that's right. Uh, you know, what you're getting at is you can't just stick a bun- you can't just <laughs> you can't you can't just let them do whatever they want. Uh, whether you believe in it, whether you're theistic or not. Because at the same time, we're having a huge problem in our society with the obje- objectification yeah, of absolutely. females and sexual harassment and uh, young people and old people uh, just kind of taking liberties with their eyes and their comments yeah. and their actions. And it's a it's a bizarre time to say, hey, this stuff doesn't matter. At the same time, we know that it matters and to really to care deeply and, about it. And sometimes it seems like saying this stuff doesn't matter is... Uh, like in that in that case of the PTO, it, 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 it's 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 a it's an avoidance of the complexities of having to figure out something that's hard to figure out. That's right. That's like right. <laughs> well, how how high can the skirt be? Well, that's yeah. that's complex, and it's right it, because then you're yeah. So it's it's a difficult thing to do. And, you, and you're dealing in a public school setting when you have um, different families, different value systems, different goals and objectives. I was yeah. just trying to bring all this up just to make it stir the pot yeah, a little just bit, just make it interesting. Because I was yeah. like, is our goals morality here? Is it is it uh, modesty? Is it uh, you know to avoid sexual provocation? What is what is our goal here? And nobody knew what our goal was. Could we have a common goal? And that's where at home, right? Uh, you got to care about those things 
together and, and assume that people are going to interpret differently and try to work things yeah. common. In philosophy, there's this thing called the fallacy of a beard. Um, and it's kind of funny because, you know, like you have like a, you know, four or five days growth going on, but do you have a beard? <laughs> well, some, the, the fallacy of the beard saying that we can never know there's a beard because it's always kind of in progress. Yeah. There's always a spectrum. And just because something is complex and difficult doesn't mean you can't say that it is. Yeah. I saw a guy yeah. today with a magnificent big rich beard and you knew he had a beard i knew he had a beard but compared to him i didn't have a beard Yeah, and right now i don't have a beard yeah uh, but to compare to my son who's 12 who's got a little uh brown peach fuzz <laughs> on the side of his lips you've got a beard i've got a beard so biology we don't want to deny biology we, biology when we talk about male female issues it certainly matters my friend who's a physician uh has told me recently how they the complexity of trying to navigate the you know how there's 50 genders on facebook that people can pick, pick right whether you're non-binary, non-conforming, genderqueer, whatever it is. Um, and he's like, they need to know on intake forms and as they treat people what someone is biologically because certain diseases affect yeah. men and women yeah. differently and their biological and metabolic pathways are different. Um, and so they're trying to think through how do they do that. Um, and usually some question instead of, you know, what is your gender, male, female, it's more like sex at your birth or something yeah. so that you can deal with biology. Um, we also know, and this is where I don't want to get too involved today, is that sociology is at work, uh, that people have opinions about what men and women are, what they should and should not do, and these opinions are different from those who, uh, like like Linda Hirschman, who wrote a book, Get to Work, a Manifesto, which basically said women who choose to stay at home and say choice, choice, choice to be a mom are doing something evil. Uh, to the point where others would say, well, well, women should just have equal rights to vote and things like that. There are different political ideologies. There are different sociological views of these things. And when we talk about gender, we know that we are dealing with ideology and agendas at times. And sometimes it's just good to listen and see where people are coming from on these things, which brings up the third thing that we're dealing with is theology. Uh, the world and all that there is has been created by God, right? This is a conviction, right, that we hold. And so when we have a view that, that is in the, you know, the, the, the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Old Testament, um, even in great world religions like Islam, that man and male and female were created by God, that these are designed, uh, unique soul and body combinations, psychosomatic unities, females and males are different by design, unique complement, complementary callings and designs. And that goes down into uh, the relationship between how men and women relate in a family unit, right? Those questions are answered different. And those are theological issues. Even if someone says, I subscribe to atheology or atheism or I don't believe in God, uh, you are still mapping that theology on one another as we talk about these things. So as you interact about gender, male, female issues, um, make sure you keep these three things in view. You want to say, hey, look, there's a biological issue that we cannot run from, and all of us share that in common. Uh, there are ideologies at play, and to listen well, to hear where people are coming from is very valuable before you just rush in and start saying things with one another. And certainly the unique design aspect that comes from a theological worldview matters immensely because there's a unity between biology uh, and uh, soul level design of God, even in men and women and callings together uh, to be complementary in the home and the church and the family.
Can I mention a, uh, I want to mention a warning with the theology. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we can debate if we need to, but I doubt we will. Um, I was, <laughs> I, uh, I had a conversation with a, a very well-known, very well-published and really quite brilliant, uh, scholar who writes a lot of, in these issues from a conservative side of things. And, um, uh, I've recommended his book before, uh, in, in other areas, even on this podcast. <laughs> but I found that is, is this he who shall not be named? I, I'm not going to name him <laughs> because it was a private conversation. But uh, I found some things wanting in the theology of complementary. You know this complementarity. Comp, yeah. yeah, this idea that uh, that well. So we were we were talking in particular about uh, whether or not a woman can open up the Bible and teach men, like say uh, in yeah, a seminary yeah, yeah. setting or yeah. something like that. And the answer was no. And um, at the core, the reason was because we all know it. When we sit under a woman teaching the scriptures, we feel it. It cuts against the grain of God's design, and we sense it inside. Um, and so this was kind of the— That's a uh, crazy way to argue something. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and this was, this was well, this was, um, you know, packing this onto scripture of— uh, she will not teach or have authority over yeah, man. First, first Timothy chapter two, two yeah, fifteen ish. Yep, thing. yep. So, so when we were talking about what exactly does this mean, especially in context with elders and deacons and so right, on, right. it really kind of the more we kind of pushed, it got to this, and and I find that to be it really not where we want to ground our theology. That's and right. That's especially right. Especially because. Uh, what what I sense, you know, as far as when, when that's so subjective. It's it really is so uh, um, postmodern in a sense of I I decide based on how I feel yeah, whether yeah, or not yeah. this is feelings. this is biblical. You know, that's not that. You mean we could have a robust discussion? Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that, uh, Jesse. But the the terms of theology, my point today is within the Christian world there are differences yeah. in opinion on male female roles and responsibilities, right? There's probably some real internecine fighting yeah. in certain camps. And I you get that Islam has a different theology. Judaism and its multiple flavors throughout history have different views. Hinduism, Taoism can be when you're dealing with philosophical, spiritual, religious worldviews, um, I find that they talk about men and women quite a bit. Yeah. And so people are bringing that. And again, a theology as well. If they're having yep. claim to have no theology, you're saying that man is a man and men and women are the definition of all things. And you're just going to define it as you go. And hence the choose your own adventure book we have related to male and female yep. without any definitions in the world we've created and are trying to live in, which is a little, little bit like insanity at times. Yeah. Now in terms of the way of arguing about what your friend was saying, I, I just, is fine, you know. We're gonna go That's to bananas. A, you're gonna get a little bit different than that, and yeah. And I think there is a a spectrum, certainly within Christians who would identify as complementarians, right? Yes. Where men and women have different roles and responses and responsibilities to complement one another in the mission of God. They're co heirs and co partners in the gracious gift of life, uh, but they're not the same. I think all Christians would oppose sameness that men and women are the same or designed to be the same. Um, obviously, there are beautiful things that men and women do that the others don't do. Um, and certainly, now again, in our world today, I, I had a friend who was on the track and field team in college at UNC who was a Christian, 
who was in in feminist and taking some feminism studies classes, and she said, "Look, my professor says there will never be equality between men and women until we have artificial wombs and we remove from females the responsibility of bearing, bearing the next children." Gen- yes, motherhood. And to me, that okay, so you're saying one of the unique gifts of God, like yeah. from my perspective yep. and hers, uh, to be a mom, it, it needs to be eradicated so that there can be the sameness. I think those kinds of moves are disastrous. And yeah. I, and of course, that's coming from theology and biology, yeah. as well as uh, a sociological agenda that's in play. I like, I like where you're rooting this in design and biology and seeing that this is. Uh, there are some things that are just verifiably different, yeah, yeah, and unique, yeah. and they reflect something. They can they can reflect something really beautiful in the in the designedness that we have. That's right, and I and I think for, for cross religious or cross ideological discussions, biology is a nice place to meet. Yeah, uh, because we we all kind of live in the same kind of world, and we're looking at these things. Um, but I think the theological vision of what a male is or a female or a woman is, is a unique combination of, of design and purpose in our biology and at the soul level. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and then that should express in our sociology, or our social structures that we, that we live in. And so, but certainly this is not going away. This is going to be a robust, uh, difficult discussion for a long time. I, there, there will be persecution related to yeah. this. If people are not on the right ideological trains, uh, there will be people that are, you know, looked at as being bad. If you say, Hey, it's okay to be a mom, right? As for instance, get to work a manifesto for women in the world. Linda Hirschman says you're evil. If you choose to be a mom and stay, you know, work at home with your children. Unless you, and I think I saw this, unless you add, uh, uh, money making vocational yeah, work if you outside do it from, of home. from yeah, home. Yeah, I read a thing on Twitter today from NBC News that was looking at someone, a, a family that made five hundred thousand a year with forty percent tax rate, or how they could feel average. I was like, they ain't feeling average. <laughs> but one of the things in the line item of this budget was a forty-two thousand dollars of childcare for their two children. And I was thinking, forty-two grand—that's a job. <laughs> um, and basically, when you when you say someone's evil. A woman is evil for making the choice to do that job, right? Yeah. Instead of working, doing something else, and then paying someone to do that, the child rearing job for you, um, I think there's a little bit of madness. Yeah. A little bit of madness in that. Now, you know, Jesse, I've, you know, I'm part of Acts 29 Network. Our church is as well, and we we certainly have a, a complementary view of male and female. And I was involved in rewriting this clause when it first uh, was kind of envisioned to state our theology because I felt like it would be misunderstood in, in our society. And so our view is that men and women have unique and, and equal value in the, in the eyes of God. We share the image of God together in the complexity of who we are, what we're made to be, what we're made to do uh, in ruling and reigning on the earth and representing the king together as men and women. Can't do that alone in relationship with God and with relationship with one another. But we have unique responsibilities in the home and the church. And we call men to be responsible servant leaders, right, in their homes uh, and in their churches. And uh, as long as I've been around women, I haven't found one that says, oh, I just wish men were more or were irresponsible and they wouldn't serve and they wouldn't show up to lead anything. I just don't see that as being something undesirable. And I've told this to single women over and over and over um, because the old passage in weddings that you know, out of Ephesians five, you know, wives submit to your husbands. You know, people, go, oh, what does that mean? I was like, look, if you find males in this world that you have no desire to be on their team to submit to them, don't sign up for that brother because he is not worthy 
of that partnership of the gracious gift of life with you uh, in the way that God calls husbands and wife. In the same way I tell young men, hey, if you're not willing to sacrificially serve your wife and family, lay your life down for her, you are not signed up for man business here and being a husband in, in your home. So responsible servant leaders, that's theology. How does that work out in the community? Well, you form families. You form families that go to PTO meetings and you try to figure out dress codes <laughs> together. Well, <laughs> we've done a little reviewish already, a little movies, a little Shazam. Jesse's pro on Shazam. I'm, I'm, ske- <laughs> I'm a skeptical of Sh- Shazam, man. <laughs> Shazam, man. Um, but I wanted to share a couple things as we close. And maybe if you had something on your mind, too, you could share as well, Jesse, on, on reviewish. The first is a book. I just finished a book called The Club by Joshua Robinson and Jonathan Clegg. It's about the history of the English Premier League in soccer, which was formed in 1992. And so um, one of the one of the endorsers of this book said it was part kind of Wall Street, you know, the movie Wall Street and part Game of Thrones, uh, you know, kind of these power struggles. Uh, but it was a fascinating read because the English uh, soccer in America has grown uh, worldwide. Actually, it's one of the most popular sports brands in the world. And they've looked at how people in England looked at like things like the NFL and how they went about sports business to recreate and refashion this brand, the English Premier League, the EPL. And then the TV rights skyrocketing throughout the world to create this gazillion dollar empire. Fascinating, fascinating read. You like sports. You like business. Uh, you'd like the book The Club by Joshua Robinson and Jonathan Clegg. Anything you want to reviewish for us today? I got, I got nothing. You okay. sprang this on me. Uh, it on your last you minute. know what I could review are the, uh, you know, I got those AirPods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I loved did them. You, did you, you bought the, the first generation. The first generation three days before. Yeah, so the, I, I loved them. And uh, you, you going to send them back to the second generation? I was afraid they were going to fall out of my ears. Because the the regular uh, ear pods with the the corded ones fall out of yeah, my ears. The ear pods don't fall out of my ears. You know why, don't you? Yeah, the, the weight of the cord. Yeah, there's there's a tension on yeah, those that are. They feel it. wonderful, and I can make calls. But I returned them. <laughs> you did. So you get the, you're gonna get the second. <laughs> I, I'm generation. getting second gen, man. Yeah, I got man, those yeah. things, and like three days later, they came out. With same second price, generation. second generation. Too, same man. price, better yeah. uh, better microphone, yeah. and, and uh, quicker connections. I yeah. just figured, why not? You can say, hey, that. You can talk to Siri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say it in front of my iPad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good I can, call. I could be the walking AirPods. around with those AirPods and say, uh, "Hey Siri, open up the Gospel Underground." That's right. That's right. Boom. And if you get into Siri shortcuts on iOS, this is this is Jedi Knight level. Yeah, you got to teach me. Yeah, if you use the say, for instance, the podcasting application Overcast, which yeah. I think we both yeah, use, I we use recommend that. that by yeah. the way, it's way better than Apple Podcasts. I don't know anybody's into podcasts who uses the Apple one still. If that's you. Get on Overcast. Overcast. But Overcast supports Siri shortcuts, so you can say things like, "Hey Siri, Overcast the Gospel Underground." Boom! That'll fire up on your devices. Nice. It would do it on the HomePod. It will do it, it through your is AirPods. Is it going to do that? No, I don't think it. I have okay. it programmed to play okay. our own podcast. But if I were to say, yeah, you know, hey Siri, Overclass Men in Blazers, it might start a podcast okay. Okay. Uh, of some sort of soccer uh, deal. So okay, our last review is this just came out this week, and I was excited about it. It's, it's if it seems really nerdy, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> Siri. Yeah, Siri's talking to us now, trying to trying to reach uh, Overcast. 
Well, Apple had kind of an announcement of streaming services, of various things, of television, of video games. I don't care about any of that. Um, but they, they're coming out with a credit card, Jesse, called the Apple Card. Now, I already use Apple Pay on my phone, my watch, everywhere I can. Just pat, tap it, go. Well, they're coming out with a credit card that's going to run on the MasterCard Global Network, uh, run by Goldman Sachs, the first consumer credit card Goldman Sachs has ever done. They're going to give you a metal titanium card. With, mm, with, I'm going to buy it. With no, <laughs> I'm going to get it. <laughs> it has no number on it. And look, oh, it I'm looking at it right yeah, now. It doesn't cost you anything. So here's the deal. You get 3% cash back anytime you use Come this on. card to buy, buy anything Apple, which is huge. 3% is a lot. Um, so you buy a lot I, of Apple stuff, yeah, too. You buy some Apple stuff. you yeah. got to get it. And then 2% anytime you use Apple Pay anywhere. So anytime a terminal supports tap payments, and almost everywhere now does, or on the web, if you use Apple yeah. Pay, 2%, which is really good as well and then if you have to swipe a card you can pull out your card it's titanium that has no numbers on it by the way uh, and you do have virtual numbers you can use on online websites uh, you get one percent back for that and so the security level on this thing is is off the charts if you use a lot of apple stuff it's off the charts and it's cool it's on your phone it's in apple wallet apple credit card i'm getting it man i'm getting it oh yeah, you got me if, i'm i'm convinced if they will it see. doesn't take much to convince me to buy an apple product yeah we're a I'm one part of the and you don't have to buy you're not buying yeah. anything. You're just getting, oh you're right and and the the cash back happens every single day so you're just rolling cash back oh, to you man. every day it, and you can transfer it to the bank you can keep it on your you know apple wallet so you can text people money if you want to kind of like you know venmo kind of comp competitors um and this happens to us all the time because we use one credit card we pay no interest we pay it off every month yeah we do too. um the mobile application on this thing looks fantastic because this happens to all of us right you're like what the heck is this charge for bozo's pizza uh for 14 dollars? i have no idea what this is and who did this right yep. well this thing will show you a map of Come where on. that was spent and what what uh, what vendor it was spent with, so you never have to ask again. You can know uh, that your husband st- spent too much money <laughs> at Bozo's uh, Pizza. At Bozo's Pizza, which usually it's something that I spent on food out with the kids or something. <laughs> my wife wants to ask credit uh, credit card questions about. So Apple Card, check it out. If you're an Android person, do your thing. There'll be some Android Google Sam- Samsung Card that will have no privacy and will stalk you around the world <laughs> and know everything you did and report back to Google. Uh, but if you want privacy. You want no credit card numbers. You want nobody tracking you. Apple Card. Well, thanks for joining us today. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhoeffer House. Please review us on iTunes. We get a lot of five-star reviews, Jesse. No no one-stars, no two, no three. Only five-stars are accepted. Send your comments, feedback, and questions that you might want us to take up here on the Underground 2 Info. At gospelunderground.org, we are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. With Green Lantern Man and Shazam Man, and males and females, maybe of God. I'm going to do a review-ish on uh, Shazam Man. We'll look forward to it, Jesse. Peace. Peace.